Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hocus Pocus, Chapter 6. Winifred groaned as she saw her reanimated ex scrounging on the dirt to find his own head. Ah, crush, she said. He's lost his head. She launched herself toward in her broom into a tight, angry circle. Damn that Thackeray Binks, she cried. Damn him. Beneath her, Billy bleated through his stitches. Which, which way did they go? Winifred asked herself, guiding himself Guiding, guiding herself closer to him, he couldn't speak, of course, but he did. He didn't point the way. Wait, but he didn't point the way either. She realized that he must have gotten directionally confused when his skull went spinning. She looked around the graveyard and noticed the tunnel and trace by partially hidden climbing vines. The twigs around there were broken as if they'd been repeatedly throttled on. Billy, she snapped, turning back to his desiccated corpse. Listen to me. His skin and spine cracked and popped as it forced his head back into his body. Follow those children, you maggot museum, and get my book. Then come find us. We'll be waiting for them. She drifted backwards and and offended by the intensity of the dislike in his eyes. Quit staring at me and get moving to that hole. With that, she led her sisters over the graveyard fence, muttering, Damn, damn, double damn. Winifred landed lightly on the walk beyond the graveyard gate. In the distance, she could see that the bell tower of the small graveyard chapel, its delicate lines and the single bell outlined by the pale moon. As Winifred hurried to the fence, she felt a shock of remembrance from having walked past that walk past that precise path before she'd stood there and clutched the gate and watched a graveyard wedding take place more than 300 years before had watched another sanderson sister say her vows in the only place where winifred and her sisters didn't dare intervene they're here winifred said she they're here winifred said she could have meant she could have meant the children or she could have meant the wedding party for a moment even winifred wasn't even sure the fence was wrapped with tendrils of dead and dying English ivy as they pressed their, her fingertips through the wrought bodies of the veins. She remembered her own morality and shuddered. It brought her back to the year of 1993 and, this to task, and to the task very much at hand of the children. The children, she said, her voice gaining strength, and that flea-riddled cat. I know they're here, but where are they? She turned her face her. She turned her face toward her brunette sister sniff him out mary she ignored sarah entirely who had started to climb the gate but to what end if they could not step foot on hollowed ground mary clenched her fist and breathed deeply there there she pressed her fingers her face against the iron bars and gave a plaintive sigh oh i can't they've gone too far i've lost them Winifred snatched the lobe of Mary's left ear and dragged her away from the fence. I'll have your guts for garters, girl, she said, shoving her sister away. Confound you, Mary. She's she's your sister. I know. Mary clutched her aching ear, shiveling. Very well, 
said, very well, said Winifred, almost to herself. We must outwit them. When Billy the Butcher gets here with my book, we shall be ready for them. She turned back to her third sister. Sarah, let's start collecting children. Why? asked Mary softly. Because you great buffoon, Winifred said, wondering why the devil has cursed her her mother with so many senseless offspring. We want to live forever, not just till tomorrow. The more children we snatch, the longer we live. Oh, right, Sarah said, brightly pointing at Mary. Let us fly. Fly, agreed Winifred. Wait, said Mary, causing the other two Sanderson sisters to turn. I have an idea. She plucked the brooms from her sister's hand. Since this promise is to be the most dire, stressful evening, I suggest that we form a calming circle. I am calm, said Winifred. Oh, sister, Mary said gently. Thou art not being honest with thyself, are we? Hmm. She leaned in as though she might as though she might to a little girl. Come on, give me a smile. Winifred allowed a bashful grimace and then hopped into the place, hopped into place, staring at the calming circle. Oh, starting the calming circle. Mary and Sarah followed suit, each placing a hand on Winifred's shoulder. It wasn't a real spell circle, perhaps, but it made Winifred's younger sisters happy, and on a very rare occasion, that was enough magic. Aww. Well, that was a really short chapter. Wait. No, that's not over. That's not over. Okay, sorry. Look, they're doing their little calming circle allison let allison and max let binks lead the way through the dark dripping tunnels that snaked beneath the streets of salem danny did a better job of keeping up with him perhaps because she knew he'd do a better job of catching mice or rats than max would he decided that his little sister and the sarcastic cat were out of earshot max cleared his throat so he said not daring to look at arison about earlier i want to apologize for lighting the candle um, no, but I'm sorry for that, too. For ignoring us when we said it was time to go? Uh, Max said, staring at the back of his head awkwardly. Uh, scratching the back of his head awkwardly. Yeah, sorry for that, too. For your Rico Suave stunt with the phone number? I knew you were upset about that. I wasn't upset about it, Allison said. Just embarrassed. For you. You know, I don't want, I don't want you to have to be someone you're not just. I don't want you to have to be someone you're not just to ask a girl out. There it was, sitting between the two of them, a specter of Max asking Allison on a date. Because that's what the whole thing boiled down to, right? He'd been too chicken to catch her in the hallway, just the two of them, and to let her know that he liked her. And he wanted to buy her ice cream. But if she was okay with that, if she was okay with that idea, instead he'd escalated and escalated and the three undead witches had put Danny on a dinner menu. Is that... Hold on. Did I skip a page? No, okay. Max knew it, but he didn't know how to answer. Allison didn't know what to do to make things right. Yeah, I get it, he said finally. But I guess I wanted to apologize for what Danny said earlier about, well, you know. It was embarrassing, and I'm sorry that she did that. What did she say about me? About your costume and about your, uh... He stopped talking and gestured to her chest. Oh, you mean how she told me that you... That you've talked about my boobs? Max (laughs) blushed. Yeah, he said in a small voice, thinking that he'd rather be lost in the tunnel than facing death by a sewer alligator than having this conversation. You don't have to apologize for that, Allison did. Danny didn't do anything wrong. You might want to apologize for yourself, though. 
Max cleared his throat. Yeah, he said, for what it felt like a hundredth time. I, uh, I'm sorry I was an idiot, like a total idiot. But I wanted to tell my friend back in California about you, and he got bored with me talking about other stuff, so I thought he cleared his throat again. But yeah, it was dumb, and that was my fault, not his. And that, that was my fault, not his or Danny's. I do get that. Thanks, Allison said, uncrossing her arms. Max snuck a look at her face and determined she meant it. I appreciate it. It's just a little weird, you know? Their footsteps echoed lightly off the walls and continued following Binks's shadowy lead. Up ahead, they heard Danny telling Binks something about space travel. I know, Max said, and I, and I do know, I know, Max said, and I do know that you're so much more than your, um, bazookas. Allison laughed out loud this time. The sound of it bounced along the footsteps, making Max's heart flutter. So what other stuff, she asked. Hmm? The other stuff your friend didn't want to hear about me. What was it? Max Max wet his lips. He didn't he didn't really want to tell her such personal stuff, but then again, it was about her, so it was hard to def- hard to use that defense. Besides, he had already gotten in a mess by saying the wrong thing. Like the vase you made in sculpture class last week was sick. All those dots and blues and white and the glaze, it was awesome. And when Nancy fell asleep in chemistry and you slipped her the answers when Miss Jackson called on her, that was really cool of you. I like that. Even though you're the even though you're the best person in class, you don't rub it in. Allison smiled, eyes downturned as she carefully picked her way around the pile of mushy leaves. Yeah, well, she said, Nancy's parents are getting divorced. She deserves a break. And I'm not better than I'm not better at Kim than everyone else, Charles is. Charles is just louder, said Max. Allison tucked a lock of her hair behind her ear. You really noticed all that stuff? Yeah, said Max. I hope it's not creepy. She laughed again. It's not, she said. I feel like those, I like those things about me too. I just like that you work so hard. I don't know. I don't know what you want to be, you know, when we grow up or whatever, but you are going to kill it, Allison. You don't give yourself any excuses and that's, well, it's attractive. Thanks, said Allison again. Max could hear a smile in that single simple word. She is this talk about dating or <laughs> maybe that's what happens in the movie. And he waited for her to acknowledge that he admitted he liked her, but she didn't. Not directly. Instead, she said, "I like the way that you treat Danny. You were you were a total idiot back there with the candle." She added quickly, "But I can tell how much you love her. Yeah. You're you're more you when she's around. More humble. I like that." She's got a lot of dirt on me, he joked, shruggingly. Plus, she's smarter than I am, and she's eight. It's hard, to, it's hard not to be humble. At that, Allison grinned. What I meant was, I wish that you acted like that around other people, the way you acted around her. It's a good look on you. Max scrutinized Allison's face, but it was too dark to tell exactly what she was thinking. He opened his mouth to ask, to ask, but Binks's voice cut through the dark, making them both jump. Here we are, called the cat, up and out. Think soothing thoughts, said Mary in her most... It was most... even more embarrassing that they were there. What? That uh, Danny and the cat were there listening to oh, I know. Well, no, they were up ahead. They couldn't hear them. Think soothing thoughts, thoughts, Mary said in her most centered voice. The sisters grasped arms and leaned into one another. Yeah. Jeez. Revolting revolting in a slow circle. Rabbits, bats, she shrugged. Black death, mummy scorpion pie. 
With that, they broke apart and arranged themselves in a line, each sister lifting their face to the full moon. Mother, they breathed in unison. A massive vehicle rolled up on the side in front of them. A set of doors near the a set of doors near the front folded open with a mechanical gasp. Inside, a man, perhaps in his 40s, perched on a tall seat behind the set of controls. He took a look at the sisters and gave them a, a lecherous grin. Bubble, bubble, he said, I'm in trouble. Winifred brushed. Tell me, friend, what is this contraption? I cull it, he spit out a wad of gum through the window beside him. A bus. Winifred stroked her cheeks with her two fingernails. A bus, she repeated, and its purpose? He opened its arms to welcome them in, to convey gorgeous creatures such as your most. He paused, drawing a fist hand and a fisted hand towards his chest. Forbidden desires, he finished meaningfully. Winifred giggled. Well, she said, fancy. She glanced at her sisters and back on the swaggering driver. We desire children, she said. He laughed loudly at that. Hey, that might take me a couple of tries, but I don't think there there's going to be a problem. Hop on up. Winifred lied, led the way and was the Sanderson. It was the Sanderson practice. Sarah saddled on the driver's lap. How does it work? She asked, planting two hands on the wheels in front of her. Oh, gumdrop, said the driver. It's already working. The door hissed shut and the bus trembled and it came back to life. He... He helped her guide it on the road and squealed, clapping, and the bus driver veered to the opposite lane. The The driver sat up straighter and straighter and grabbed the wheel. Sarah wrestled it back for herself, and as she did, her head bobbed in his field of vision. A black cat appeared in the middle of the road as if out of nowhere, and Sarah gunned the accelerator. The bus clanked, one set of wheels buckling up a couple of inches, and then dropped back into place and kept going. Whoa, said the driver, peering around the shoulder. Speed bump. And Sarah. Oh, no. Yep. Sarah pressed Speed the. Speed bump? Cat. Yep. Sarah pressed the button of the middle wheel and. Do you not remember this movie? We gotta watch it again. Sarah pressed the middle button of the wheel and delighting in, in a high pitched toot of the bus's horn. <gasps> Binks called Danny distressed seconds before. Max had lifted off the manhole to cover. Bus. I know. Bus have- Look at Binks. Ugh. Flattened out. I hate cars because they have two wheels. Like, I know. The back I know. The manhole cover overhead and started to climb out of the deranged tunnels, but as he ducked down, shouting, Look out! Now the cat was nowhere to be seen. Be careful because you're going to get ink on that. The cat was nowhere to be seen. Max hurried to push the heady, heavy metal disc off again. He pulled himself up and then helped Danny and Allison to climb out. Oh my God, Max said when he spotted Binks's flattened body in the middle of the road. He didn't react quickly enough to block Danny from seeing. She cried out and buried her face in Allison's sweater. No, she sobbed. It's all my fault, Max said, starting to space. Allison took his wrist. Max, it's not your fault, he said. Danny grabbed onto the sleeve. Look, she said. The three of them watched amazed as Bink's sides inflattened like a balloon, as if he were taking a very deep breath. There was a sound of air filling his desperate lungs and the soft snap of the bones realigning. Binks rolled over and looked up at them, shaking his head as if to clear it. I hate when that happens, he said. Max, Allison, and Danny exchanged looks. What, Bink said. What, cat has nine, nine lives? <laughs> yeah, what, Bink said. 
bowing to stretch. I told you, I can't die. He took a step towards Danny. Are you all right? He asked, studying her small face. She nodded energetically. Yeah, she said with a tear-streaked smile. He darted over to her to bat her shoelaces. When she giggled, he took a step back, seemingly satisfied. Okay, he said, his yellow eyes peering into her pale green ones. Then let's go find your parents. Aww. Little Binks bird. I know. Cats are wonderful. Okay. Guess what? It's bedtime. We read a good amount of chapters tonight. It is bedtime.